here we are. We're recording now, and we're starting the podcast now. Right now? Uh, the episode. Right now. Right is now. It? This is the start of it. What are we doing? You, you're going you're gonna to bring us in, and you're going to talk about me and how great I am, and then... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. Let me tell you how, about how great Jake is. How great? Really good. Well, I'll take it. Yeah, like really good. No, sure. all right, but to but to get serious here, uh, we're stopping in real quick before you enjoy this episode. We just want to talk to you about something. Uh, Jake's going to take a moment to talk to you guys. He's made a decision to do something different with his time. He no longer loves me. That's right. And uh, he's going to be stepping away from the podcast for a little while and pursuing other avenues. Yeah, so I just want to clear up the air. I know Jeremy's been telling his friends and family that i'm stepping away from the podcast and people seem to have this like conception that he and i got in a fight or something and i just want to clear the air and say it's absolutely true that (laughs) he he and i totally went at it the other day and i'm offended and so i'm leaving and i'm never coming back um unrelated to the fight because i'm for the first time in 10 years back in my home state i've spending a tremendous amount of time hanging out with family. I live in a very mountainous area. Me and my wife are being able to do things that we did when we were dating, which is going on hikes and camping and stuff. And I just recognize that my time is not going to be as dedicated to the podcast as I'd like it to be. And I'm going to be a terrible co-host in regards to time management. So for that reason, I am stepping away from the podcast also, big life events. Me and my wife are going to work on adopting a kid. So, you know, really focusing on that and doing some me things. So I just wanted to clear the air, have my so long to the fans episode and or, you know, a little thing and kind of let everybody know that that's why I'm going to be out. I don't know if it's a permanent thing. It's probably a long time thing, but I feel good about this. And to fill my spot, we have CJ. What's up? That's right. It's good to see you. I, we did that episode together, but I never saw your face. So now we oh, have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did You did an episode with CJ, the beardless boy wonder of Cryptid Technical, <laughs> which is a character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, you did an, that episode with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, uh, for, that, for that show, we have... um. All our characters are conceptualized. Uh, they're not really like us. So <laughs> it's a little different now. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, so CJ will be taking my spot on the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast with Jeremy and Wes. And gosh, I, I really am excited for you guys. I have a feeling that you guys are going to really take it away. And it's going to be really, really cool. I might come in for a couple episodes here and there. We'll see. But as far as being held down to a schedule i know that it's going to be chaotic and so for that reason i wanted to kind of kick myself out so that way i wasn't holding back anything from uh from jeremy and wes and now cj well i appreciate you man i just want to say thank you for helping me get this thing started it really was something that i needed that boost to get it off the ground to even bring it back to the forefront of my mind honestly and I'm happy that you you were there for me because this has been such a wonderful project. I, I know it sounds cliche, but I really could not have started without you. 
very cliche. Yeah. What do you think, CJ? Is that cliche? Um, <laughs> it's a little Disney, but you know. <laughs> so we'll still have the smart assery here. It just won't be from Jake. Good stuff. Good. <laughs> uh, but CJ, so the fans only know you from that episode, or if they went over and checked out your podcast, Crypto Technical, with Andrew and Ninja. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in podcasting and what you're kind of interested in when it comes to the subjects of Infinite Rabbit Hole? I've been podcasting for about five years. I started as just a sound engineer for it, uh, doing a show called, what the hell was that called? Uh, Shuffle the Oscars which was kind of a cool show, but it didn't have the consistency among the crew I was looking for. So I stepped away from that. Uh, and I started doing an audio drama called Van Worst, which you can still find on YouTube. But for whatever reason, YouTube keeps removing my second episode of it and hitting me for copyright infringement for a script that I wrote. Whatever. Anyway, that audio drama did fairly well. Uh, we put it on hold, which turned into a permanent hold. We were trying to film a movie that didn't really work out. And after that, I just... Uh, I kind of met up with Andrew and we started doing a uh, cryptid technical and we've been doing that for two years now and then uh, doing like little music projects and whatnot here and there on the side. And uh, I did a, a show called mystery stone podcast for a little while. And uh, we recently took that down. CJ, you're still going to be doing crypto technical, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, we have another episode coming out on Saturday. The cryptid we were going to do after that sucked really, really bad. And I don't want to do it. So I'm trying to convince them to let me run the season finale instead of that garbage ass episode. But we'll see. <laughs> was the trash cryptid that you were referring to? Was that the Fresno Nightcrawler by chance? <laughs> oh, no, no. We actually we actually covered Fresno Nightcrawler back in season two. It's actually one of our highest performing episodes. Really? Yeah, it's from fresno it's a, re- it's a really <laughs> it's a really stupid like it's oh a it's so dumb so <laughs> dumb it, it, it's sweatpants all right people it's yes. sweatpants it was on yes. a, it was on a clothing line and they're really comfortable and apparently sentient so maybe they will <laughs> massage your calves while you're wearing them i don't know but they're pants and and uh people love them they, they and maybe in that video they did look like comfortable pants Jeremy wanted us to do the Fresno Nightcrawler because I'm from Fresno. And I was like, there's no way, dude. It is so fake. <laughs> but it's actually, want- like, the lore around it um, is kind of interesting. And then how they tied it with Native American lore was also interesting, even though it was bullshit. It was still <laughs> interesting. But, like, I mean, it's an interesting topic, and, and there's definitely way worse cryptids to talk about out there. You guys could have talked about Kipsy. You could have talked about Mitla. See if you can help me out with this. As you know a lot of cryptids. So I was driving through the Mojave Desert, which I'm actually very close to right now. But there's, gosh, I want to say that they're shadow watchers, the ones that are, like, on the ridge lines and stuff. You guys should plan a trip. Come out here, and we'll do a, a quest. <laughs> do a we'll we'll look for them. That involves me going into a desert. Yeah, with heat. Yeah. Well, or at night where it's freezing. That works better. Well, it would be at night because they come out at night. It's like as the sun's setting, you can see the shadow people standing on the ridge lines and stuff. Are they actually like shadow people, or because shadow people is some serious business? I've seen some shadow people, and they're scary. well. Jeez, what are they called? What state? Uh, California. California. 
or my man just pulled out a whole encyclopedia on cryptids yeah dark watchers dark watchers okay yeah so i have this book by jason oh yeah Offutt. those things uh this book's called chasing american monsters i'm about three quarters of the way through it and it basically breaks down between three and ten cryptid or urban legends from each state and each chapter is a different state so i just went to california here just to read one excerpt from his his book here about the dark watchers the first peoples to speak of the dark watchers were the uh shumash indians Mm -hmm. uh who once lived in the 200 mile stretch between malibu and paso robles when european settlers first came to the region they too saw these giant human silhouettes that stand on ridges and seem to stare across the mountains when watched themselves the dark watchers fade from sight yeah, some pretty cool stuff. This is an awesome book. Anybody listening to this, it would this it is... would be an it, it would be an excuse to bust out my old uh, uh, paranormal investigation gear. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do an go expedition. over. I have like to... therm- I've got thermal cameras, and I have a hundred and seventy five dollar infrared flashlight. Nice. <laughs> you can look at the moon <laughs> with that thing. There's a reason uh, why I recruited CJ guys. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who knows we might be going on an expedition here soon to go uh chase down a aggressive bigfoot yeah do you do- an aggressive bigfoot yeah you should yeah. talk about that well i don't want to talk about it yet just because i'm i'm recording with this guy tomorrow on his podcast he has a uh an organization mm-hmm. um where they go out and they they do this the bigfoot hunts and stuff he invited us out to to go along with him and also a uh dog man in in georgia so dog man in Georgia, you might that's, not that's, come back. Dogman <laughs> dog in Georgia would be a Rougarou, not a dogman. Not not true. Not true. Uh, if it was in northern Georgia up by the mountains, it would it would technically be a dogman. But if it was down by the Gulf Coast, then you would or, or I don't. Does Georgia even touch the coast? I don't think it does, does it? Uh, briefly, very, very small part of it does. Yeah, the, the Rougarou or technically a swamp ape uh, if it's of the primate family then you would be talked about coastline but anything else isn't the dogman super north though like no dogman's been uh, uh popping up actually all over the world right now but here in america it kind of originated around the great lake states uh minnesota wisconsin illinois michigan was where it originally uh mm-hmm. originated from here in the united states and it's been slowly spreading out and they say that a lot of the dogman uh encounters out in the west are actually just skinwalkers. Tough to say, you know, where the the line in the sand is when it comes to skinwalkers and and dogmen when you head out west, but dogmen have been popping up everywhere. They're in New England, they're in the Mid-Atlantic, and I I don't really know any other lore or cryptids that it could be other than dogmen on the East Coast, you know? Anyways, well, I I don't know if anything's going to come from that. I know the Navy's on, they're restricting us from doing a lot of stuff right now, so I don't even know if I'm going to be able to. Jake, it would be it'd be cool if you know if, if we end up getting into these expeditions here. If you can take a trip out with us, or if one pops up in your neck of the woods, if we could take a trip out there, dude, that would be sweet. Maybe meet up with us at some Bigfoot conferences once all this shit gets lifted. Yeah, certainly. I'll have to look into all that stuff. Just wanted to clear the air. Nothing happened between me and Jeremy. Nothing happened between you know me and Wes, and nothing. Just decided to check out. But I'm super glad for CJ stepping up and, and filling in because I have a feeling that you guys are going to just run wild with this podcast. I'm glad that this my biggest fear that I 
tried to mitigate was that I didn't want to screw the podcast on my way out the door. I wasn't going to just dip out and leave you hanging. So I'm glad that CJ, you've stepped up and filled in that spot because that means a lot to me. Uh, starting this with Jeremy, getting it up and running. It's, you know, it's should still be good. You know, if I, if I depart and that's the main intention. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm glad that you're, you're going to be hanging out with them. And yeah, can't wait to listen to your guys' episodes while I'm off gallivanting and doing a hike or camping out or something and, you know, seeing what you guys are up to and laughing along with you. It should be cool. Cool, man. So Jake, this is going to be your final episode. That's it. Oh yeah. That's it. And I'm, I'm bitter and I'm angry. I'm scorned and I'm leaving. All right. So that's it, Jake, you're done. I'm done. I'm you're leaving. done, done. No, I appreciate you uh, letting me help you get started with this thing and i look forward to all the stuff that you guys are going to get into and oh maybe you'll see me around you have to come in for a couple episodes or guests guests fill or something like that jake likes bigfoot so maybe we'll get him in on some bigfoot episodes yeah i have a pretty rad bigfoot uh, mask it says social distance champion nice nice next week you'll you'll hear cj in his debut episode as a co-host on Infinite Rabbit Hole when we cover the Black Eyed Children. Ooh. Yeah, urban legend. Good stuff. If anybody doesn't know anything about that, I'm sure CJ and I will do a good job at scaring the shit out of you. One last time. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you helping me, man. Yeah, for sure. I'll see you. I'll see you when I see you. Dude, you're Jeremy, awful. you just do it. I am awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got this. I am awful. I, mean, no, I got it. No, man, got you got, got it. it. No, no, make Wes do it. No, <laughs> Wes, he has to. He has to. <laughs> I'm going to mute myself, so I'm not going to be snickering in your ear, but you have to. Come on, man. So you admit it. You, you was it. snickering. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. I'm here with Jeremy and Jake and with our new, well, my new friend, Sandy. Hey, what's up, Sandy, man? How you doing? I am hey, okay Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. So today we're going to be talking about uh, somewhat newly released footage from the U.S. Navy showing multiple F-18s coming in contact with an unidentified flying object. Have it, you guys uh, seen this footage? Yes, I have. I have as well. Out of the three videos that we're going to talk about that the Navy released, and the Pentagon has come forward and said that these are authentic videos taken by a FLIR on an F-18, are any of these legitimate guys, do you think? Let's start there. I think the, the U.S. Navy footage is definitely real. Um, I've seen uh, the segment on, uh, I know we have make fun of Joe Rogan, but on his show, he had one of the actual pilots that was flying that day that they recorded that video there, and he, he described it in detail. And uh, from what I've seen, like I'm 100% uh, on board with it being real. Are you 100% on board with it being an extraterrestrial, or are you just on board with it being an unknown flying object? I'm on board with it being uh, extraterrestrial, because if we had that technology, I'm sure that somehow they would like not allow flight operations in the area or something, you know, if they're doing some type of testing with our technology that we we have, right? Um, so it's, it would seem pretty uh, ignorant of them to allow that to happen. You know, if they're trying to keep it under wraps.
So, Sandy, what do you think, man? I mean, I, I am on board to a certain extent. Like, uh, clearly, you know, they released it because there there's so many questions, you know, these days about whether or not there's UFOs, aliens, what what be it, you know? This wasn't an isolated incident. Just because they released a few videos from a couple of years ago, I don't think that just because, you know, people think that it's a, a UFO necessarily means it could be aliens, but it, it could just be some schmuckatelli farmer in Iowa. You know, maybe he built some kind of like some some kind of super spaceship in his in his farmhouse, you know. But uh, then, I mean, then again, you know, it, it could be aliens. You got you to play devil's advocate at this point because there's there's still no proof that just because it's an unidentified flying object that it's aliens. You know, maybe Russia has some kind of super tech that surpasses, you know, what we have. I think if they had some type of super tech that surpasses what we have technology-wise, I feel like they would have definitely used it against us by now because – you know, we're already kind of at each other's throats at the moment. Yeah, I mean, and, and I and I can see that, but okay, but maybe not Russia, but you know, it, it could be anybody. But at, at the same time, I do see the 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 point that uh, you know, like it it could be extraterrestrial, in in the fact that multiple occasions, different shaped aircraft or unidentified flying objects. The, the Navy pilot on the Joe Rogan podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. He talked about his actual encounter with it and how mm-hmm. unreal it was. You know, it, it was, you know, egg-shaped, mm-hmm. oval, white. It defied the laws of physics. Exactly. And we don't we don't know of any, you know, man-made aircraft that could do something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm baffled by it. I imagine if there was some nation out there, a country that has the technology to defy the laws of physics like that thing did, that would be under a super strict lock and key where there'd be no risk of anyone catching a glimpse of it before they intend to use it. You know, to me, the fact that, you know, this was in clear view in this video moving around the way it was and interacting with the aircraft, the way it was kind of seems like it was nothing hostile, but it was definitely something that was kind of like maybe curious about our fighter aircraft that it was encountering it moved at it at an incredible speed you know you can hear the pilots talking about you know how fast it moved like whoa what the hell is that and and i'm sure you know they've seen it all you know they you know whether it be iraqi on the ground uh russian aircraft and you know to you know encounter encounter something like this and for them to be completely baffled by it that's you know that's that, that that is a clear sign that you know There's definitely something out there that we're not aware of. Yeah, I'm definitely going on the side of saying that I absolutely believe that it's a UFO or a, I guess, what are they calling it now? The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, the UAPs. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it's extraterrestrial. I have the hardest time believing that there's aliens out there, and even if there are, that they would be studying us for any reason that they would be doing that long, long distance travel to visit some beings that are far, far under their technological advancements or where they are at as a society. It just doesn't seem feasible to me or or logical in any way, but to say that it's an unidentified object. Yeah, sure. You know, that's easy enough, but I agree 
with Sandy playing devil's advocate. And that's something that my wife brought up. She's like, what if some, some kid found out how to harness, you know, how to harness dark matter in his garage. And that's what he's doing right now. Stewie. Thanks, Tony Stark. Right. I mean, people's ingenuity is just outstanding. When I recently have gotten really big into history and in fact, World War II history, and this just reminds me of like the V2 rocket experiments that Germany was doing when we had no idea how to do that sort of stuff. And Germany was kind of perfecting how to hit a trying to hit a target several hundred kilometers away. And then we ended up taking their scientists and then using that technology to get us to the moon just because we are superior militarily doesn't necessarily mean that we are superior technologically as a country. The fact is that there could be another country out there that maybe isn't hostile towards us, but was able to figure this sort of thing out. And maybe them running into the F-18 was an accident because we are kind of all over the place. We have ships all over the world. We have bases all over the world. No one can really mess around without us seeing something. So maybe it was along the lines of, well, we have to get a test flight in. We have to do this, whether it was a drone, because a drone would make sense because you're not scrambling up a human inside of something that's just zipping around. And shoot, an F-18 caught it. You know, it makes more sense to me that something like that would go through, and that's you know, hearing like, uh, what was that interview that happened uh, recently with the guy that was over at S4 or S? Oh, was what was the guy's name? He worked at Area Fifty One. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar, right? He was talking about working on the aircraft that they were trying to figure out how it all worked and everything. I can get behind that and say, yeah, that's you know pretty wild. That doesn't necessarily mean it came from outer space or that it's aliens or anything like that. We could have all of that in our own backyard and not even know it. It could literally be a private city and a private citizen like an Elon Musk type person that just no, I don't I don't want anybody to have my stuff because I don't want it to be turned into a weapon or whatever it is. So I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me at all to say, yeah, this is a UFO because that literally means nothing. I've seen UFOs. I couldn't tell you that they were aliens. I just know that I had no idea what they were, you know? Right. So let's get a little bit into the story of what happened here. The three videos that we're referring to, if you go on to YouTube or just do a simple Google search, just look for Navy Fleer, Navy Gimbal, or Navy Go Fast videos, and you can see all three of these videos. They're simply called Fleer, Gimbal, and Go Fast. So the story goes like this. In 2004, FA-18 pilot and instruments associated with the Nimitz strike group reported detecting unknown aerial objects. Navy pilot David Fravor was ordered to investigate something from a radar operator on board the USS Princeton. The object was located at 80,000 feet that had dropped suddenly down to 20,000 feet. The radar operator admitted to tracking similar objects the last two weeks. In 2014 and 2015, pilots also obtained footage of unknown aerial objects. After the Pentagon released the footage as unclassified, a Pentagon spokeswoman was quoted saying that they are part of a larger issue of an increased number of training range incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena, also known as UAP, in recent years. 
The Navy went on to confirm these videos by responding to congressional hearings presented by naval aviators and senior naval intelligence officials, as well as official requests of multiple members of Congress. These cases have led the Navy to updating the way pilots are to formally report unexplained aerial objects in 2014. A retired admiral by the name of Gary Ruffhead, who was an ex-commander of both the Atlantic and Pacific fleets and ex-chief of naval operations, in response to these videos being released, stated that in his time, most of the assessments were inconclusive on similar objects. In early August 2020, the Department of Defense announced the creation of a task force for the sole purpose of understanding and tracking unidentified aerial phenomena. The name of this identity is the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, also known as UAPTF. The Navy came out and said, yes, we do have problems with UFOs. Congress came out and said, yes, we do have issues with UFOs. The Pentagon came out and said, yes, we also have issues with UFOs. It was on mainstream media for a very short amount of time, and then now it seems like it just disappeared. Finding anything on on these videos is pretty hard right now, but when this information first dropped, it was everywhere. Why is this stuff not bigger news right now? Because the world's falling apart. Yeah, I mean, and I, like I don't want to just you know shove it off to saying like uh COVID blah blah blah, but I mean you got COVID happening right now. Yeah, you know, nobody is really, I guess, interested in extraterrestrials you know like they released this information what uh in 2019 covid appeared what in november december uh last mm-hmm. year it was right around the same time the white house you know released these videos and was like yeah th- like we got these ufo ufo footage and you know what january february they're like uh, and by the way we're dying <laughs> we we have this <laughs> disease coming from china and so you know, the, the, the whole extraterrestrial thing kind of took a back seat, I guess, as you can tell, obviously not for not for everybody. You know, you got the infinite rabbit hole here <laughs> doing doing its due diligence with the uh, the follow up. Like, where, where's the follow up with this, especially like, you know, military wise? Uh, we got we got the, you know, the Space Force. Obviously, maybe they'll find something. Who knows? But, you know, there's, there's no guarantee. I don't know for sure, but there's probably been, you know, years of research uh, going into whether or not ETs, you know, extraterrestrials, alien life forms actually are out there. And, you know, the U.S. Navy gave us these videos and they were like perfectly wrapped in neat little bows of the aircraft, essentially. Like, where, where did they come from? Feel free to pull this out, but everything that I saw showed that it was it. All this information came out in August. No, it was. I think it was last year, or it was the beginning of this year. It might have been beginning of this year or towards the end of last year. Yeah, I, th- I think it started to blow up at the end of August of uh, 2019. I think it's like maybe a year old at this point since it came out, if that. Okay. But I think a good reason why a lot of people aren't surprised, like, or there isn't more people reacting to it, is in a lot of ways we're kind of desensitized to the thought of aliens right i mean that's in movies tv shows yeah i mean it's anything about aliens there's stuff out there everywhere right so i think in a way we're we've kind of desensitized ourselves to hearing about aliens so 
you know, when people hear, oh, a U.S. Navy fighter jet came in contact with a UFO, people are just kind of like, uh, you know, like, it's not really surprising, I guess. The biggest thing for me when I heard about it was hearing that the government said that the footage was legit, you know, yeah. not mm-hmm. the fact that it was a UFO caught on, you know, FLIR by an F-18, but uh, it was them saying, yeah, this is this is real because initially it was leaked. And everyone's like, oh, that's not real. But then the government's like, yeah, that's real. And it was like, wait, what? You know, that's the biggest thing for me. I think if aliens are real and they are visiting us, then we have a lot of explaining to do. Because I think that every single TV show and movie depicts us, like, murdering them. Yeah, okay, like like you said, 99% of the time. But yeah, uh, clearly they're coming here for our – have you seen M. Night Shyamalan's signs yeah dude that that movie uh, is real that's a documentary I I, let, not a lot of people know that uh walking <laughs> phoenix swing away yep. baby like i don't know what it is but it's it, when i envision an alien invasion i see the movie signs i feel like that's the closest representation of an invasion we can have um because we we, we know nothing about them you know like you think mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you look at let's say you know like past wars, when you invade a country, what do you what do you go for? You go for the resources, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, an ET shows up; they're here for the resources, uh, and they're here to kill us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, Iron Giant alien invasion, where they send a giant <laughs> yeah. robot with a dent in yeah. his head. That's man made. <laughs> friends, a small child. Well, I don't want to uh, quote. Uh, a movie but uh <laughs> in independence day uh oh, Will yeah. smith's character tells that little kid that uh, i think it was, he's telling the little kid or someone i don't think these aliens flew millions of miles just to come here to start a fight but in that scenario uh, that could be a very real thing why uh, an alien culture or race would come to earth you know to harvest it for its resources because earth-like planets are fairly rare in the grand scheme of things and if this aircraft is indeed alien in origin you know meaning not of this world i don't think it's not too big of a stretch to consider it it actually being alien in some way shape or form for all we know if they have the uh, technology to basically break all the rules of physics who's to say that it, it would be a long journey for them to get here from wherever they came from you know for mm-hmm. all we know they're able to create wormholes and get here within an instant you know yeah. Um, we don't know. That's the big question. And for mm-hmm. me, aliens or alien life, something other than humans being out there, uh, I think is a very real possibility because I've said this many times, but the universe is infinitely large and it's pretty much just statistically impossible for there to not be some kind of other life out there. If they have superior technology where they can go wherever they want, then who's to say, you know, there's really no reason for it why they wouldn't come here. I mean, who wouldn't? If we had that technology, you know damn well that we would be going and looking at these other lowly uh, primitive races if we could. For sure, yeah. You know, I mean, we're basically doing the same thing now when we're sending rovers and whatnot to other planets, to Mars and whatnot. It's basically the same thing we're doing, same exact thing, particular instance. Here's some type of unidentified craft that is just doing its own thing, almost like toying with the aircraft that are seeing it. Having been an aircraft mechanic, you know, in the Navy for 13 years and seeing the way it moved and whatnot, I know for a fact that we have no aircraft currently 
in the military at least that can move like that. So to me, that makes me want to look up to the stars for wondering where it came from. I want to poke a hole in the resources theory. So this is something I hear all the time and it's because I mean, we're right. We're in the Navy. We have these weird conversations all the time when there's nothing yep. going on. There's, we're always yeah. talking about something, but stuff we can't air. Well, <laughs> yeah. So not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people will say the whole resources thing. Now here's the issue that I have with that. If aliens are real, if mm-hmm. they have been visiting us for a very long time, like, I mean, it's no fantasy that a lot of ancient cultures had paintings and artwork that seem to depict flying saucers of some kind. And mm-hmm. if that's the case, and if they were here for our resources, or even for us, they probably would have done that a long time ago before we had nuclear capabilities. We would have been wiped out while we were throwing around spears and sticks and not while we have the ability to fight off an invasion. That's assuming that they knew about us by then, though. That's the thing, though, right, is that we're looking at cave paintings showing people is like, oh, that, that's a person, but they have sticks on their head and or that's a, a saucer in the sky or something like that. And people will look at that and say, well, they've been visiting us for a really long time. So they've known about us, right? Or maybe that's, well, let's just speculate and say that they are real and that's, we're non-hostile species and now we're dealing with hostile ones that really don't care about our technology because it doesn't affect them. Let's just say that they have been visiting us for hundreds of thousands of years, you know, maybe up until now we weren't a threat. You know, we were, like you said, throwing spears. Devil's advocate, if if they were around a lot longer than us. Uh, you know, while we were throwing spears, they probably weren't worried about us until we we advanced quite a bit. And now they're like, you know, probably like, oh, shit. Like, hello. Uh, you guys remember Earth? Uh, those fucking <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably like, you guys remember those dudes who were throwing spears 100 years? Yeah, 100,000 years ago. Uh, guess what? They're probably going to murk us in the next 10 years. We're not assuming that, you know, if this is a... Uh alien life coming in and looking at us we i mean we have no idea of knowing what their uh, purpose of being here is right we're not sure. assuming one way or the other but it would be irresponsible of us to not assume that that could possibly be a reason for it right and i mean just like look at the human race on earth right now like we talked about this in one of our previous episodes where we're quickly approaching that threshold where the earth is not going to be able to support the human race as a whole on it anymore right so right. who's not, who's to say that that can't happen to some other life form in its entire race on another planet? The logical thing for us when we hit that threshold is we need to go somewhere else. Now, going somewhere else, I mean, it's just like going anywhere else here on Earth is there's either going to be people there or there isn't going to be pe- people there. If there is, you have to decide if you're going to like work with them or are you going to work against them? You know, it's just like kind of how like we've conducted wars and whatnot in the past and it's possible that you know alien life out there that's intelligent enough to travel to other worlds they could be peaceful but you know you can't hold your breath and hope for the best you must prepare for the worst yeah i mean there's a lot of movies that are uh you know that depict it one way or the other but most of the time it's like we end up fighting the aliens whatever it is but uh 
part of your uh, poking hole was, you know, they saying, why didn't they come when we were, you know, cavemen, basically, right? That's assuming that they knew about us then. For all we know, there could have been multiple races of or different types of alien life that have come to Earth and seen us and thought, uh, not worth it. Like, oh, they're well below us, so we're just going to leave them be. I don't know. We we have no idea, but I I have one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent believe that there is some type of other intelligent life out there. I guess either we wait mm. until we find them or they reveal themselves to us. I see what you mean. Yeah, they're definitely going to reveal themselves to us before we find them. I mean, they already have, right? Apparently. A- apparently, yeah. If they're if they're ready to reveal themselves to us, that means we're years away from finding them like by years i mean you know decades we're not going to be around long enough (laughs) yeah but you know we're we're probably going to be dead and gone by the time uh uh we find them before they find us you know in the scheme of things you know we, we might be circling the moon or mars but it's like obviously they're not from the moon or the mars you know because we would have seen them they're clearly from gal- a galaxy, you know, or two away, and they've they've already found us. Yeah, what is it? We double in population. The Earth's population doubles every thirty nine years. So let's just speculate that you know they're out there and we find them. Whatever you know, we master space travel like uh, the other finding a new home episodes. Possibility of us running out of resources and room before getting to a point where we are actually able to inhabit another planet is in sh- extremely high i feel oh yeah absolutely that will will be so dead before that even is a possibility so if they're they are there them presenting themselves to us and 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 making that connection that way considering that they already have the ability to get here seems a lot more likely than us ever finding them besides say, yeah, this signal came back and this is the jumbled garbage that it says bounces off a space rocker, you know, whatever a signal returns to us from all the ones we shoot off into space. I don't know, but I see what you mean. So, but yeah, basically my point was that, you know, if we're to believe that they've been here for a really long time, if it was a resource thing and they want to take the resources from the planet, they would have done it when we had, no chance to fight against it but that's true if if there are ones out there then there has to be more than just one type in the same way that we have multiple different races of the same people or whatever it may be so maybe some of them are just you know zipping by and be like oh look idiots and then rolling out and then some of them are coming by and being like yeah look at all this all these resources they haven't depleted yet if they knew about us years and years ago uh, I definitely agree. They would have taken us out before we had nuclear power, that kind of stuff. Because if that was their intent, yeah, if that was if that was their intent to take our resources, that kind of stuff, then you know, years ago, we would have been wiped off the the face of the galaxy. <laughs> when I said you know sticks and spears, Sandy, you said hundreds of thousands of years ago. But let's be honest, that was like, I don't know. 700 years ago you know running around with swords and stuff you're right i'm drunk you know well i mean just just discovering gunpowder maybe 1500 years ago we were running around with swords and spears and stuff like it it has not been a long time you know at any point 
from then back, you know, or nuclear power back vulnerable the entire time. But what's to say that now, even with nuclear power, if they do exist, if they can come here and all that stuff. And I know I keep saying if, and that's because I don't believe in it at all. But if, say, for example, it is real, what's to say that our nuclear power means absolutely anything to them? Probably means absolutely nothing to them. They're like, (laughs) is that that a breeze in the wind? (laughs) (laughs) As they're, as they're going between dimensions oh weird i felt a little i felt a sniffle come on (laughs) yeah yeah jeremy you still with us yeah i'm here no he died he's taking a bath i'm just making making sure that uh you're still here and recording because a squiggle from him this whole time Hardcore taking a back seat this he's, time. You okay? Probably, sick? He, he might be taking a nap. No, no I, I have some stuff. I'm just waiting for the conversation to progress there. That's all. This is some good banter. It is. It is. Let's talk about that, that Navy video then. Like, I mean, what we think of what that craft's doing. That's what we're all here for, or at least part of it. So why don't you lead us on what you think about that Navy video and what that craft's doing. Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. Greetings, I'm Declassified Dave. I'm Mystery Mike. I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Join us on the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour Mondays, where we look into the dark secrets of the conspiratorial world. We'll explore the likes of government cover-ups, the existence of otherworldly beings, unexplained phenomena, and cryptids. We tackle these topics with an open mind, a sense of humor, and dapper drippage. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen on all podcast platforms. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Before before we get into that, let me uh, kind of jump in and talk a little bit about what you guys were talking about. Because I, I honestly feel a little different from all three of you. I see a couple different possibilities here. Okay. And I, I wasn't necessarily uh, planning on this episode to go down the path of extraterrestrial life which honestly i probably should have been ready for that but i think that if you're looking at something in these videos which you know very well do look like this is a craft of some sort mostly i don't think that you're looking at an extraterrestrial craft i think that you're more likely and i've i've made my stance on this show perfectly clear a couple times i believe more in interdimensional beings than i do in extraterrestrials visiting us I think that this very well could be uh, an interdimensional vehicle. I think that if extraterrestrials were here, I think they're mostly here to watch. I don't necessarily think that they're here for resources. I don't think that those vast distances are worth it for some water. Water can be easily made out of simple ingredients found in anywhere in the universe. It doesn't take much. I mean, oxygen would be the hardest thing for you to find but it's not like you can't find it or you can't do some chemistry to 
create it from other chemicals or other uh, elements in, in the, the universe. So I don't necessarily think that an alien civilization would come to our planet just to take our water. And let's be honest, that's the only resource that they would be here for. Uh, rocks probably aren't that important anywhere else. So I, I think that they're here for observation if they're here. Well, I mean, you could also consider us a resource as well in some way, shape, or form. Our intelligence and things that we've done as a race since we were a race, you know? If that's the case, they need 15 of us. The other ones are not <laughs> but intelligent. I want to go back to the interdimensional thing. Uh, so back when you had that interview with uh, Mystery Mike from the Hush Hush Conspiracy Hour podcast, check them out. They're awesome. He threw a question at you when you said that you don't believe in extraterrestrials, but you believe in extra dimensionals, right? He said, what if I told you that they're one and the same? Because I believe that if there is actual, you know, alien life, whether it's from another dimension or another planet, I kind of, I like his belief saying that they're one and the same, because if they're going to be traveling these vast distances, they're not going to do it the way that we're capable of doing it, which is just a long, hard way, right? they must have technology that allows them to travel these great distances nearly instantly, you know, cause that would be the only way that it's feasible. Like there's no way that they're just going to like go into like a, you know, quote unquote cryo tube and just fly here over 50 to a hundred years or something, or even longer just to look at us. And then we see them once and then they disappear and we don't see anything from again for however long. Right. If they're able to travel here, through say a wormhole or something like that, some other type of similar technology, um, then I believe that it's entirely possible that they're traveling a great distance because if they are traveling a huge distance through a wormhole, that's in its own way traveling through, you know, from another dimension, right? They're bypassing time at that point, at least for us, it would be. I want to, I want to be clear. The, the only way that I believe that, an alien species or an extraterrestrial species can make it to this planet to do anything. It would have to be in, in that sense, it would have to be through a means that's so far beyond my understanding that, that, that that's the only way I, I definitely don't believe that they're traveling vast distances in the, the way that we would, like you said, I do agree with you. Mystery Mike definitely plugged a really, really awesome theory there and uh i fully do agree with him it definitely can be i mean if i'm willing to believe in interdimensionals i might as well be uh be willing to believe that extraterrestrials can simply jump over dimensions or create an instant show somewhere just by using their thoughts i see what you're saying definitely mm -hmm. yeah i want you to i want you to hang with me for a second all right i love it hanging. is biblical angels in the bible are not the fat little chubby babies that people make them out to be. Demons are not horned, tailed, pitchfork carrying monsters, things like that. Biblical descriptions of angels are some of them are like intertwined rings with stars in the middle of them covered in eyeballs. Some of them are, were 13 feet tall seraphim with six wings covered in eyes and four faces. Pretty much monstrous if you're thinking about it. When people in the Bible ever saw an angel, they'd, and I talked about this in the last episode, they'd throw themselves on the ground in fear, or they'd try to worship them, things like that. 
if I were to look at what people keep saying a UFO looks like, which is some sort of a round object that has a light, all sorts of things that defy physics, that just seem to zip around at will, can come into you can see them and then they they're out, you know, and they fly faster than anything we've ever seen before. I do believe in angels. I do believe in demons. I believe the biblical account that so many angels fell and became demons. I believe that demons are masters of trickery. They like to confuse people. They like to freak people out. I don't think that they fell and then suddenly grew horns and tails and now carry pitchforks and look like little red monsters. I think they look the exact same. So when I see things like this, and it's baffling to people, and you're talking about interdimensional beings, when I think about heaven being on a different plane of existence that we can't see, you could call that another dimension. What's to say that that's literally you know, not what we're saying? If, if we're speculating, we're throwing all kinds of things at it. Whoa. If no one's seen an alien... No one can say for sure what an alien looks like, or at least, you know, they, you know, people say they see grays and things like that. I, I mean, I get it, but. Can I just jump in really, really quick? Are you, are you uh, comparing extraterrestrials to maybe being godly beings? No, I'm comparing extraterrestrials to being demons, that they're confusing people, they're scaring people, they're drawing their attention away from God. They're doing things to trick people. People are seeing them zipping around through the air because they're being allowed to be seen, and they're thinking aliens um, because of their appearances. Because I'm not going to sit here and say that those FLIR videos are, are made up. I can say that they are somebody made a, a craft, and they're doing that, or it's a drone, or whatever it is. But I agree. These Navy pilots know exactly what flies around. You know, we're all over the place. They know what other countries have i'm sure we have the capabilities to you know monitor all these countries that are hostile towards us and ones that aren't if we're going to throw in and we're going to speculate about all kinds of different things what's to say that it's not that that's a very interesting point of view so i'm agreeing with you that it could be an interdimensional being i don't mean to turn this on its head but how do you know that it's not like something like say God trying to like give us a reason to leave Earth, knowing that Earth isn't going to be able to survive, you know, the end until the end of time, you know. Because what if it's his way of like piquing our interest into space and whatnot, and like kind of like trying to get us to, you know, motivate ourselves to want to explore the unexplored, right? Sure, because at the end of the Bible, the entire universe is melted away into nothing. God destroys the Earth. He destroys the entire universe. It says that the elements melt away and nothing is left. It's destroyed by fire. So even if the objective was to get us to go somewhere else, so what? It's all going to end that way anyway, right? Regardless. Now, it could be. You're right. It, it absolutely could be. And I, there could be intelligent life out there. Honestly, the idea of aliens out there takes really nothing away from the idea of, of God existing or of Christ existing, it really doesn't. Because even if that was the case, even if there is intelligent life out there, where did they come from? It really doesn't poke any holes in like the Bible just to say that, you know, we got our version, they got their version. I'm just saying that when it comes to UFOs yeah. in general, 
what's to say that if we really don't know what they are, who's to say that that's not what they are? You know, just another thing for you guys to kind of kind of mull around yeah. and think about. Well, it's a it's a good it's a good idea. Like it's a it's another thing you know to add like for us to think about. For sure, which I'm totally down for. But I don't mean I don't want to get too off topic though. But you said that yeah, yeah. in the Bible it says that uh, God dest- like destroys the universe. So he yes. Yeah, it's uh, an Armageddon. Why does he do that? To create a new heaven and a new earth, everything goes away, and it, a new creation is made because this is a fallen, sinful, evil creation. We were good, and then we fell, and then once everything's done, the whole Armageddon, everything like that is all over with, the heavens and the earth is destroyed, and a new creation is made. Okay. That's why. I was just curious. No, 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 absolutely. But that's, you know, but that's why. So even if the objective, and you're right, even if the objective was look at the stars, look at the vastness, and I agree, it seems to be infinite. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that these telescope images that we have of planets that could possibly sustain life and all that stuff, that that's all, you know, fantasy. I'm not saying any Mm -hmm. of that. And you're, you're right, the objective could be there. But at the end... According to what I believe, it wouldn't matter anyway, because eventually, whether that's 10 years, a thousand years, a billion years from now, it's mm-hmm. going to go away anyway. Maybe mm-hmm. to sustain life, to push us to the next direction, to to help us to continue and to grow and to prosper and do all these things. Sure, I'm. yeah, why not? But mm-hmm. is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? Eh, I don't know. You know, but either way, just mm-hmm. something to think about, you know? What yeah. are the UFOs? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> I have an idea. Is it right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I like that thing that Jeremy was saying, the interdimensional beings, because that also does make more sense to me. Instead of traveling long distances, being able to harness that, going through wormholes, whatever it is, that's a really cool thing to think about as well. Yeah. I mean, to me, like to say that there isn't extraterrestrials, but there's interdimensional or extra dimensionals. I always want to screw that up when I say it to me, like that's just, that's saying that there isn't other life out there, you know? And to me, I can't possibly fathom the idea of that being true. There has to be other life out there. Yeah. There, there's so many universes. There has to be, <laughs> I mean, for all we know, there could be other universes, you know, Sandy, you got to listen to one of our episodes called parallel worlds and the multiverse, man. I think you dig it. Oh Yeah. There's some good stuff in there. I'll be there, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Dude, Jake, you, you you went on the most legit rant I've heard in a long time. <laughs> it wasn't a rant. It was an explanation of what I believe. You guys are free to believe whatever. And, that's from and that. everyone everyone's free to believe what they want, you know? I think it was a really good explanation. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, good, good, good for you, man. <laughs> I love that we have all these different points of views because I think that makes for a yeah. really good show. Oh yeah, seriously, like, uh, like you know, you get you know, Jake. I know you're religious. Or like, I'm I'm skeptical, you know, about everything. I don't I don't know how you guys are, but there's like I feel like there's a a few different viewpoints on on uh, this show right now, and it's and it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> The cool part is that we're we're not a bunch of yes men. That's a, a good dynamic that we have is that we have our own ideas 
and we're also we like to pick things apart we're not all just Mm -hmm. unless it's the bigfoot episode with uh you know the other thing we're not just like yes it exists (laughs) 100 percent. we're here for our brains i think that's the only episode where we honestly fully agreed on everything yeah all right so shall we get to talking about that uh the, the actual that video in that video let's, yeah let's go deeper down this rabbit hole if you guys go to youtube and look up the navy gimbal video i think this is the best one out there for sure 100 there, there's another one where the ufo is is really small and it's flying over the water and they're looking down on it that's also very interesting but this gimbal one i mean this thing is flying extremely flat fast and you can see it flying over the clouds in infrared. And it is mindful. Yes, a hands down agree. This is the one right here where I'm like, that that is a legit object in the sky. And that thing is cruising. I mean, you can see the FLIR tracking it itself. So it recognizes that there's a physical well, object and, there. And the FLIR had trouble tracking it. Oh, yeah. It made it at one point, right? It slipped out. Yes, that that FLIR costs a lot of money. So I have one question about that that footage that like I am I didn't really think about until today. But you know, FLIR, the way it's viewing it is the differences in temperature in the scene it's looking at, right? The area yeah, it's right. looking at, right? So um, you know, they switch from you know what I'm assuming is white hot mode to black hot, and it makes me wonder like is is the object that it's focusing on is the difference in its color is that due to it being hotter or colder hotter uh to the surrounding air it's around you know hotter hotter you think so it's, it's blazing hot like the Cause, sun because i mean you see the sky above it is like and part of the video where it's i'm assuming white i guess it could be white hot but uh i guess that would make sense i don't know it's, it's just crazy looking at that video it's awesome you got to think up there where the planes are flying, it's incredibly cold. So the clouds yeah, and all yeah. that stuff, it's, it's really cold. So if they were in, you know, looking at it heat wise, this thing would be really, really hot. Otherwise, it would be more cloud colored and they're kind of like a light gray and stuff. I, I can't imagine they're flying that high, though. I don't know. Huh. It's an F-18. I mean, like previous aircraft I've, I've worked on, like the E-6, which is basically a Boeing 707. It flew around 30,000 feet. Up there, it's definitely freezing cold, but, I mean, F-18s, I imagine, are probably only a couple thousand feet up, 10, 10 to 14 at most. The helicopters we'd fly on, going on debts and stuff, they would go up into the clouds and stuff, and sometimes a little bit above it, but clouds can be low too, but they, mm-hmm. they can go up to 15,000 feet easily. I mean, they don't normally cruise up there. Usually, they're only yeah. like a thousand feet off the ground. Well, they can go up that high. And yeah. you're out there, doors off, you know, you're breathing just fine, but it is rather cold. F-18s, I'd imagine, don't usually go up to like 30,000 feet, but they probably could. But even uh, still, you know, it's pretty chilly up there. So if they're looking at everything in a heat sort of way, I would imagine that because it's black, and obviously I could be wrong, but because it's black and everything else is, mm-hmm. is kind of lighter, then I think that it's because the black is really hot. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like I was saying in the des- the description of the actual incident that took place on this video, this thing was originally up at eighty thousand feet and dropped down to twenty thousand feet. But they picked that up on radar. 
it wasn't until it dropped down to the lower altitudes that the the uh, F-18s were able to, you know, intercept it to try to figure right. out what mm-hmm. it is. But what I'm saying is that this thing dropped from 80 to 20,000 feet controlled and, and then and then scooted at 20,000 feet. This <laughs> thing has some intelligence in it. It's not oh, this yeah, isn't absolutely. A, it's not a comet or I'm sorry, like an asteroid or something or mm. some kind of fucking space rock where it's falling to the ground. <laughs> This thing dipped from 80,000 feet down to 20,000 feet and then controlled its acceleration at 20,000 feet. For it to move the way it does, not only is it breaking the laws of physics, well, I mean, I guess this would be also like the, well, about the point I'm about to make, but like think about our aircraft that we have in the military. Like me and Jeremy both worked on the E-2 together, and I know for a fact that uh, that aircraft can only make turns at such a degree, bank, angle, and whatnot because of the stresses that it puts on the on the airframe you know if they mm-hmm. exceed that uh stuff's going to break and it's not going to be good for the aircraft or the crew right so right. for this thing to like pull these maneuvers at the speeds it's doing like everything about it is extremely advanced you know for even the materials that it's made of to handle those types of uh maneuvers i don't know what about uh those MQ8, those drone helicopters. I heard that those things can haul. The fire scouts, no. Uh, the fire scouts, they're not, they're not that fast. Nothing, nothing with a rotor aircraft, uh, rotor rotary blades can like outrun an F-18. The E-2 with prop engines can can outrun like any of our you know, military helicopters. They flew across states from Maryland to uh, California in a day. Where, uh, when I was on sixties, whenever one of our aircraft would go to the boneyard in Arizona from Jacksonville, that was like a two day trip, you know, for them because of how slow they are. You know, I'm uh, gonna jab a hole in my own theory because I'm speculating on what aircraft it could be. Just look at the shape. It literally looks like a a a plate with some kind of a colander attached to it (laughs) right it's it's wild looking i have no idea but it's 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 like wide but it's not tall you know yeah it's not very thick it's got to be centrifugal force and another thing with the flur footage is if there was any type of thrust being emitted from it right just like our f-18s you'd be able to see that in this video but there's there's nothing there's nothing you'd be able to see the uh the heat signature but you literally cannot see anything. It's almost uh, like magnetic. It's it's like exactly the same temperature over the whole thing, every inch of it. It's it's a magnetic levitation, and it blows my mind. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, it could be something that we don't even understand. I sent all of you a link to the Go Fast video. So this is the second video that we'll talk about. This video is nuts. This is the one where the FLIR is facing down towards the water and mm-hmm. it goes zooming across. Yeah, it goes zooming across underneath it, it is... the FLIR. And the FLIR cannot keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. The previous video that we were just looking at, I think that pilot that was on Joe Rogan talking about it, that was, you know, there the day that they caught this, saw it in person. I think he said it was some, somewhere around like a half mile away, right? when we see like that kind of yeah. like zoomed in looking footage where it's flying above the clouds. So if you take that into account and then you see the second video that you sent us where it's like zooming just above the ocean, 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably a couple miles away. And like from that distance, anything moving at speed, like anything that we're capable of, it would be moving slowly, right? Like for this thing to be zooming across the screen like that from that far away, that thing is absolutely hauling the mail, <laughs> you know? Like it is, it's insane. Uh, it's, let's just say it's fast. <laughs> oh, yes. It is <laughs> priority express right there. That sucker is going. I want to run this by you since all four of us have worked in the Navy and we're all familiar with flares and how they work and how good the, of a, a piece of instrument or a piece of equipment that, that a flare is. Let me, let me throw this by you. You guys are going to get a laugh out of this. I was doing some research on these videos and I was on some science website. I can't remember the exact name of it. I wish I had it because I'd love to call their bullshit out. Almost word for word. I'm going to paraphrase this. But they said, in this particular video, you're seeing a seagull. And I said, (laughs) oh, my God. I said, this is some idiot that has no idea the technology Uh, behind a clear. (laughs) Like, that is not a fucking bird, man. Clearly, a seagull could not fly that fast to fly away from a fucking flare. Well, well, look at look at it this way. So I'm looking at the video, right? And it looks like because they have to, it doesn't just track automatically. You have to put the, I mean, the camera positioned over the top of it, and then it captures it, right? So the first, I'm sure, the, I'm sure it first, can track, but it looks like it's no, being manually controlled. You're right. right here. The first part of it, the guy's just using the joystick. The pilot's using the mm-hmm. joystick. He's ro- rolling it over there to try to get the camera to capture it. He gets it within the mm-hmm. crosshair area or the box area, and then it gets captured, and then it gets tracked. No problem. So that's all mm-hmm. he's doing is he's just moving it with his thumb trying to get the box over it. So mm-hmm. I see what they're saying. Because, I mean, I've messed around with the FLIR on the on the flight line, and I tracked a guy picking his nose walking across the flight line from, like, you know, all the way across. Mm-hmm. No big whoop. But you have to get the camera focused over over the mm-hmm. thing, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. have yeah. to track it, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, yeah, I, that thing is is moving. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the fastest seagull on Earth. For me, for me, looking at this, this is uh, this is like obviously way bigger than a seagull because sure you got to think what altitude are they flying right now when they're looking at this? They're probably like at least a thousand, two thousand feet up at a minimum. But like, look at the texture of the ocean in the background. Those aren't like little individual waves. No, those are like swells in the ocean. And all of us that have been deployed can tell you that that's like those they're massive, right? And you're seeing a ton of them there. And this mm-hmm. thing is just like. It's it's insane how fast it's moving. Uh, it's it's crazy, and and it's just like perfect straight line. It's so smooth. Like, I mean, any other aircraft or even an animal, like there's going to be some like bob and weave. You know, some very slight bob and weave at the very least. You know, just from interacting with the air around it as it's as it's moving. There's too many things that stand out to all of us that are familiar with aircraft and how they operate for me to think it's anything other than something that we can't explain you know the other thing is do we know how far away from land this video was taken of it flying over the water because seagulls don't just fly across the ocean for no reason and, unless they're trapped on a navy ship yeah unless they're yeah but they're usually within some distance of land right because they have to land they go probably over water so they can dive get fish whatever or mm-hmm. they're you know, on land stealing people's hamburgers. But if this video was, let's just say, I saw one 
account saying that they were somewhere like a hundred miles. One of these videos was taken like a hundred miles off a coastline. Mm-hmm. Then that to me would rule out a bird. Now I could be wrong and they could, you know, make trips across the ocean for no reason, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's it's nuts. I mean, I, I love it. Like it's, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I do too. I really like it. I like the speculation too of not really knowing. I'll have to like rewatch that interview with that that pilot that saw this. Um, Same, because I think I think he I'm pretty sure he talks about where it was at, how far from land they were, and whatnot. And like, it's cool hearing the pilots talk about it. Our our pilots are tra- trained to know like what other aircraft are, mm-hmm. what other countries' aircraft are, and what they're capable of. You know, in case they ever have right. to Evasive intercept them. Away from you know, it, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. And when every single person in these aircraft is like questioning, like, what the heck is that? It's a good sign that this is something no one's seen, seen before. It's definitely not something that a pilot is or a person is piloting, I should say. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be a scrambled egg inside that thing with those sorts of maneuvers. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Well, how about let's, let's ask this question to each other. Do we believe that this is something that is man-made, like as in, someone within the human race made or this this is something else uh something else is going on all right jake i could go either way i don't think anybody's piloting it because that would just turn somebody into hamburger meat with those maneuvers if it is a man-made thing it's definitely in my mind a drone and it could be something other but i mean do you think that we're capable of making something like that i don't know I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, Elon, was it SpaceX just was able to reuse their rockets? They just landed. They took off and then they landed in the same spot. Like, that was pretty wild. I, I have no mm-hmm. idea if someone out there is able to make that because people are really, really, really smart sometimes. It could absolutely be something other, but I mm-hmm. have a hard time believing it's a alien life form. All right, Jeremy, what about you? I, I think this is something completely unknown to man. I, I can't tell you where it's from, but I, this is something definitely not known to man. There's too many things that like it, it's doing, too many things about it, right? You know, speeds it's moving, uh, the maneuvers it's making, and the fact that it's uniformly uh, the same temperature. There's nothing man-made, I don't think, even with like, our most technologically advanced <laughs> aircraft that we have that shows up like that on Fleur. Ooh. And the fact that you can't see any type of uh, uh, exhaust trails of any sort, anything providing thrust. To me, I'm just like, no, there's something, a whole lot more going on that we probably are unable to understand at this point, how it's doing it. Maybe. It's one of the S-4 aircraft that Bob Lazar was talking about, and they got it up and running. They didn't tell the Navy because it's the Air Force that runs that base. <laughs> They're like, let's let's play with these F-18 pilots and not say anything. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, maybe. But In that case, I mean... it's not man-made. <laughs> so, <laughs> speculation. <clears throat> if we don't have anything else to add, then uh, Sandy, thanks for coming on, man. We've really had a good time with you, bud. Yeah, for sure. If you guys want to have me on again, let me know. If anybody wants to add to this conversation through the, through chat, or if you want to come on and talk to us about your opinions on UFOs and the videos that 
were released by the Navy and the Pentagon, let us know. You can email us at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com or, or message us at facebook.com forward slash infiniterabbithole. Make sure to follow us on twitter.com slash infinitrh. And we'll see you next time on Infinite Rabbit Hole. Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you'd like to comment on this episode, you can do so on facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. If you have a story to share with us or would like to be interviewed, you can contact us at infinite rabbit hole at gmail.com. Thank you again and have a great day. <laughs>